for the next four hours, Joe, uh, we are going to talk about the second greatest superhero of all time. Um, some would say the greatest superhero of all time. Used to be my favorite superhero until eclipsed by his protege, but it's being the 80th anniversary this week of Batman. We are going to uh, talk nothing about the... Uh, the, I don't. I'm trying to think the right way, the grandiose way of saying um, the greatest comic, probably icon in all the comic superhero world, um, created by uh, Bob Kane and Bill Finger back in 1939, and first appeared in Detective Comic number 27. Um, Batman is. I think you could make an argument. I'm going to say unarguably the biggest and most influential character in comic lore and history. And I base that on the sheer number of uh, TV shows and movies and spinoffs and like the coaching tree, if you will, and the things that have spun off of the like the Batman Empire and the Batman universe. You know, Superman was like the first superhero that came out about six months beforehand, uh, which was derivative of uh, you know a couple other things you know leading up to it. But with Batman, um, and you you might be able to say I'm slightly biased, uh, but I think uh, probably the biggest iconic figure in this realm is Bruce Wayne and Batman. Your thoughts, Joe? Hi, everybody. Welcome to Carnival <laughs> Personnel Sideshow. You were I'm, just looking at me the whole time like, uh-huh. <laughs> we didn't do the intro. We didn't. I'm Joe. I'm Jacques. And uh, Jacques has something to say about Batman. So let's start over. No. When did you fall in love with Batman, Joe? Uh, when did I fall in love with Batman? Um, I would have to say 1989. Oh. You know, a little small budget independent film came out starring Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson, and Kim Basinger, and Robert Wool. Nobody yeah. mentions Robert Wool. He was awesome in that. He was. Hands down my favorite role of him ever. Oh, yeah. You're discounting his entire run of Arliss? Yes. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have HBO. So, yes, I uh, would agree that Robert Wool is greater than that movie. But, yes, the Batman uh, phenomenon that uh, debuted in 1989, of which I have a copy of on Laserdisc. Which we tried to watch. Yes. The, the disc rot has not been kind. And, but, it, you know, Tim Burton's masterpiece, if you will. And it was done during the writer's strike of 1988. So a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of loosey goosey uh, liberties being taken with the script. I mean, they had the script complete. And compl- did Frank Miller write the script? No, no. Okay. Um, I I, I thought Burton did. Okay, uh, you really? know, yeah. Okay. Um, or, or at least was one of the writers on it. Which it's interesting, how, you know, how it works out if you're the producer or the director. And a writer, can you punch up your own script? Yeah, I remember reading the uh, the Wikipedia entry on Batman the movie a while ago, and like the 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 the, the, the wranglings of putting that movie together, and um, just the because of the writer's strike having to 
um, you know, circumnavigate those waters. But yeah, that's when I, f- I first fell in love with Batman. And then, uh, of course, the Batman Nintendo game that came out shortly thereafter sealed the deal as far as like me thinking of Batman not as just this weird, kitschy kind of 1960s TV show starring Adam West, which was great. But I think I was a little too young at the time to appreciate the irony that that show was um, trying to convey. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he was just, he was just awesome. I mean, I I was 12 or 11 years old when that movie came out. So, um, that, that pretty much sealed the deal. I noticed you're wearing your Batman t-shirt, your Batman t-shirt, like as if it's the one and only Batman t-shirt that you own. Um, I, 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 I'm sure that my oldest, my youngest son's teacher and kids in his class think, Tristan, oh, his dad wears the same shirt every day because I wear a Batman shirt almost every day. Uh, we just went on the way here. We went to an '80s theme party that was kind of Stranger Things slash '80s, and you know the boys went as two of the guys from Stranger Things. Uh, management lives for the '80s, so she was all jelly bracelet and bright color, and I wore a pair of blue jeans and a Batman shirt, which I argued. Find a picture of me from the '80s when I'm not wearing a blue jeans and a Batman shirt, and uh, but you're wearing the Batman logo that was popularized from the mo- the Batman movie. Like that right. that logo Iconic. was everywhere. Yeah. Right. I mean that and the L.A. Raiders logo. I think pop. <laughs> like that was, you know, if you were a gang member. <laughs> yep. <laughs> in, in 1989, but no, but seriously, like that 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 logo was everywhere. And did you see it in the theater? I think Batman had a cereal. He did. And, you know, I mean, Batman, let's think about this. Batman, I did not see it in the theater, but think about Batman between the, the, like the 70s and the early, in the mid 80s. Like, Batman was around, but it, it wasn't the, in the zeitgeist as it, was, as it is now. That movie in, infused that into American pop culture. Well, so what, 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 I'll catch up to that in a second. Well, yeah. no, I'll, I'll talk about it now. Um, I saw that movie opening night, June 26th, which is the day in the comics that his parents died. So I thought it was great that, you know, it, it dropped on that day. And I saw it in Harvard Square uh, with a friend of mine. Where was it? In Harvard Square. Harvard Square. Sorry. Thank you. Um, no. And, and seriously, I l- always loved Batman up until that you know point. Um, I had really gotten into comics just probably maybe five years earlier than that. And maybe it's my favorite era of comics because that's when I got into it. And, and it's funny because you said that, you know, lot, depending on when you were born or when you first got into Batman, like that's your favorite Batman. It's, it's funny when you hear, and we'll get into some movies that I didn't really like that I listened to some Batman podcast or some other superhero themed podcast and they're always like, that's what got me into it. You know, and and so that's interesting. I think my opinions are uh, a little more well-rounded and more important than everybody else is possibly listening to. So I'm right. Everybody else is wrong. No, you're right. Up until that point, um, the comics had gotten dark, really dark in in the early 80s. But everybody for the last 30 years knew Batman as Adam West. Um, from the Super Friends, from the Superman Batman Hour, from the campiness, uh, from um, 
you know, Batman teaming up with Scooby Doo, and, and the, no, seriously, those crossovers, Batman with Wendy Marvin and and and, and Wonder Dog and stuff like that. Um, Not the 1940s serials. Uh, 1943, 16-episode, uh, 15-minute uh, serials, which, if you've ever seen, are, are, are great. You know, kills a lot, lo- like lots of gunplay, you know, by Batman. Uh, just drives around in a regular car, you know. To be fair, Batman was big on technology, you know, the modern Batman. That was the most technologically advanced thing at the time, was a gun. Right, right. <laughs> you know, uh, but but seriously, so you know what got me into it, it you know, most people would think would be the Adam West thing, because I'm fifty and that had been out. But that wasn't as as around as much as the Super Friends. Mm. And that's what had pulled me into it. And of course, you know, Batman had Robin. You know, Robin you know, when I when I talk about some of the things that like, you know, the game changing things about Batman. Um, a couple of things that stand out that really separate him from other superheroes, period, is the iconic things that spun off of him. Sidekicks. Robin was the first sidekick. Um, every sidekick that's come from that, you know, is derivative of that relationship and stuff like that. The Batmobile. I mean, the Batmobile since... You know, since since the Adam West Batman 66, that's where the car was almost its own character, you know, and to the and to this day, you can go to car shows, you go to Comic Cons, and it's a big deal to have, you know, the original Batmobile or a copy of like, you know, the Batmobile from that series in it, you know, all the way through the last, you know, Arkham. Arkham Knight game that came out a couple years ago, the big PS, the big PS4 game, well, everything, but I played on PS4. It was delayed nearly eight months. They missed their Christmas release that they were supposed to have because the car wasn't right. And the car is such a big part of it. And you go through all the movies. I mean, can you can you think of another superhero where like a gadget, like a car or something is as iconic as the character? Knight Rider. <laughs> well played. Exactly. <laughs> Same designer. And, George uh, Barris. Yeah, yeah. George Barris. And... You know, sidebar with Knight Rider. He also designed, oh, see, you wouldn't know, um, you kids, the original Battlestar Galactica. Oh. The the Cylons, they they were like robot creatures, and they had the red line that went back and forth, which he later incorporated into the kit car. So, anyways. Back to Batman. So, yeah, as a kid, um, and, and of course, you know, I don't, it's funny because, I hear these stories. I don't. I remember a couple of them when I was four or five years old, and I don't know if I remember them or they've just been retold by the family so many times. My family was so worried I was going to try to jump out a window and fly because I lived in a Batman or Superman costume. Um, I didn't have a job, <laughs> <laughs> so if they were so worried about that, why were you know? I mean, but. I was. I was a kid who used towels to tie around his neck. You know, I made my own costumes and stuff like that. Uh, but Batman has always been it ever since then. And then, of course, you know, as I'm 9, 10, 10, 11, in syndication, you know, UHF channels became a bigger thing. And that's when you would come home from school and there was the Adam West thing. So Adam West came a little later. Um you know, big a big influence. And of course, I remember, you know, watching them as a kid and and it's the same footage. It's the same actress, the same dialogue. Completely different show after you're about like 13 or 14 or something like uh-huh. that. Um, 
still completely awesome, but it was it was the Super Friends that you know wheeled me into that world. Yeah, uh, I can uh, I can see that now. I mean, I don't know how. So, do you want to talk now that we're celebrating Batman's 80th year as uh, an, something in existence? Do you want to focus more? Uh, at the beginning about the comics leading up to the other media? Sure. Okay. Well, I mean, he came in and during the golden age of comics, like I said, it was just about six months after Batman, or after Superman launched, came, you know, Batman. And was this he, Detective Comics? Detective Comics number 27. Uh, and that's, that moniker of him being a detective is still what carries him through to this day. I can't believe you sold your copy for like three bucks. Dude. Yeah, you know what Not I mean? Not a good I, deal. Hey, no, I needed the money. Right. You know, is that uh, a blower truck? <laughs> Anyways, that got dark fast. Uh, but yeah, it's, um, and, and you know, and it was, it was... Not that long from that to you already mentioned it the the movie serials. It was just a couple years later. It was a hit from almost the beginning, um, and it was within the first you know I I don't have it in front of me, but it was the first couple years, maybe even the first year that Robin was introduced. You know, and we talked before a number of times. It wasn't up until a few years ago that Bob Bob Kane got all the credit, but. Uh, another employee, uh, you know, who worked with him on that, Bill Finger, Bob Kane came up with the name Batman and the rough idea of it, and Bill Kane came out with the cape and cowl and with Robin and the Batmobile, and you know, you go down the list. It's like everything else, yeah. um, you know. So it's, um, you know, it, you know, they they. Also, you know, had their big patriotic stuff during World War II. He was, you know, part of the war hero stuff um, through the 50s. But the, the thing about Batman, yes, he's ha he's ebbed and flowed. He's been in the public eye and out of the public eye. You know, the, the TV series, Superman pretty much owned the TV series, like through the, you know, through the 50s and stuff like that. But ever since, you know, Batman 66, from that point on, um, there's been no close second to the number of TV series, uh, the number of movies, the number of live action, you know, cause, cause you know, I have a, I have a short list here, you know, there's a lot of justice league stuff, a lot of super friend stuff, but none of them have their own independent, you know, uh, there's been small, I can list all the, like the different ones. But ever since Batman 66, he has been the more prevalent in all the other different mediums, be it video games, you know, um, like you've already mentioned, you know, a side by side comparison of Batman themed games <clears throat> to any other single franchise, you know, yes, in the Marvel Universe or, or, or whatever. Um, but but I want to like go through the comics. So the comics you know, ebbed and flowed as far as how dark they could get, you know, how campy they got when the, the comic book, you know, started to become um, the reason kids were delinquent, you know what I mean, and, and, and the crashing in on that. But I got into comics in like 83, 84 is when I learned to read, and I started reading, you know, comics. And th like I said, that's when comics or DC comics took a really dark turn. That's when Frank Miller kind of, you know, created the Watchmen, the 300, Batman um, Returns, you know, a bunch of other stuff. And it's funny because it took a long time to go 
to kind of break away from the Adam West campiness and the Super Friends campiness. Even the Michael Keaton stuff, it's very campy. Um, mm-hmm. Tim Burton, I, I, I love those movies, but they're not you know, in my top five. At the time, blown away because you don't get to step one without taking step two. And if step one is a failure... And Superman 1 in 1979 was a first big budget movie. Um, Superman, probably more iconic, you know, at the time. It was more of a roll of the dice to go with Batman. Even when Legendary Pictures released, you know, Superman Returns and relaunched the Batman Empire, you know, um, they put $200 million into Superman Returns. They put $150 million into Batman Begins. Superman Returns comes in with like 450 Batman comes in with 400 Batman because of lower expectations was considered an overwhelming success and they rebooted the Superman franchise and they didn't put out another one for eight years in that time the Christian Bale thing Um, but you know what's interesting when I talk about the window that I got into comics from 83 84 up until 95 96 all the movies you're seeing in the DC universe now or many of them came from that time period. They're adaptations from that time. Uh, uh, the Killing Joke, you, w- w- another Frank Miller. That's when Barbara Gordon gets shot by the Joker. Doesn't know he's shooting Batgirl. Thinks he's just com- you know shooting Commissioner Gordon's daughter to get to Commissioner Gordon. Doesn't realize that he's paralyzing you know Batgirl. Um, but that's dark. I mean, here's a major character being shot in the spine. In an attempt just to drive one of his nemesis crazy type thing. I mean, just in the comic itself, it's really fucking dark. He shoots Barbara Gordon, and then as she's bleeding on the floor, strips her down, takes naked pictures of her so he can show her father, you know, in his mental torture of him to try to make him go insane. But in that period of time, that's when I got into comics. And it's... Uh, it's one of the reasons I love Batman vs. Superman and the Justice League movie and then the animated ones that have come out in the last few years, like Doom and stuff like that, because it's from that time period. Now, that's not... Okay, <clears throat> so maybe now we can talk about... You've introduced your... Well, you've talked about your introduction to Batman and and um, and all that, but how about... What about the Batman character itself made a connection with you? Because we know, you know, Superman you love as well. Superman... You know he's he's kind of Jesusy, you know, strange visitor from another planet, but uh, fights for the truth, justice, and whatever the American way is or was back then. Um, but Batman is different. He's a, he has a much different. He's a, he doesn't have superpowers. He's one of the only one of the few uh, superheroes that is you know mortal or not of or of this planet. And but he's a he's a rich kid, and he uh, but he suffers. Uh, he go, basically has PTSD. Correct. Um, what about the Batman slash Bruce Wayne? By the way, spoilers, Bruce Wayne is Batman, in you case you didn't know. I know, I'm sorry. What about that character uh, set off something in you that said, yes, I need to know more about this guy. I need to follow his each and every move. Like, you, you, you tapped on it in, in, in comics and even today. And again, with the Marvel Cinematic Universe the last 10 years, has never been done in movies, will never be done again. But all of those people, with the exception of Robert Downey Jr. or or Iron Man, is a god. Like, literally, well, not everyone. You know you have the other one. But most of the people in comics are gods, have mythical power, are whatever. He's just a guy. 
you take away, you know, you know, the fact that um, he's a detective first and foremost, that he's considered to be on par with Sherlock Holmes, if not better, that um, that he's able to fight alongside and against godlike creatures as a man. And I think that's one of the things that I've always, you know, not as a kid, you know, when I'm watching the Super Friends when I'm five, he has a cool car, he punches the Joker in the face. That's awesome. You know? Joker's, a, Joker's a guy. Joker's know, he's a guy. not exactly a god. And- you no, know, but, you know, right. um, uh, uh, 1984, you know, Frank Miller, Dark Knight Returns, here's a 65-year-old Bruce Wayne fighting... <laughs> A 30-year-old Superman, because he doesn't age, mm-hmm. and kills him. Well, has the ability to kill him and and, and spares him. And spares him. But he makes sure he says it. it's like one of my favorite moments in comics. And it's great. And as he's holding his life in his hands, he goes, you know, in your moments of quiet reflection, I want you to remember the one man who held your life in his hands and was a god standing over you. You know, chilling. It it really is, and it's like, and it's true. Um, but his in, in the comics, in the more modern day stuff, and, and ever since the Keaton stuff, um, he's he's a planner, he's a plotter, he's a strategist, and people. Not only is he part of the Justice League, he is the leader of the Justice League. You know, so they all defer to him. You know, they look to him. It, it literally, as much as him and Superman are uh, are, are frenemies, and um, and Batman resents the fact that Superman has these godlike powers and chooses to be a Boy Scout instead of you know, if I had the powers that you had, there'd be no more crime. That's it, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, it would it would be, uh, you know, like uh, like the guy from the boys on, on Amazon okay. Prime. You know, he would he would be a god ruling, you know, by fear. Yes, and and Superman resents the fact that hey, there's laws, there's orders, you know, there's due process, there's you know, there's you you, you can't break a guy's leg, you can't torture, you know, you can't waterboard. Uh, that's not what America did before. Right, right. <laughs> um, and so so I've always liked the fact that you know what? You anybody can be Batman. You know, if they're born into phenomenal wealth and well, that's the have thing a genius is, level IQ and So yeah, I mean that's also that is an, an appeal. I mean he was also touted as a playboy, you know, which is there was some this major sex appeal with the Bruce Wayne character. Uh, as far as like being, he's not tied down to anything. He's he, basically he has the world at his fingertips because of his immense wealth, um, his prestige, his pedigree, and uh, he ain't married. Like he's got no, fa- he has no family, and it's all it's by design. Like he, right. his family was taken away from him as a young child, and he was raised by his butler, um, and so and a little help from his friends, but uh, for the most part. Yeah, he he was he's self-made as much as you can be having a billion dollars in the bank or whatever it is. And what's great in the comics and and you know uh, uh with you know with the Christian Bale franchise that's the first time in the cinematic universe it shows how he became Batman. That you know, he didn't just go to, you know, uh, a kickboxing class down the street that he he traveled the world 
And he learned from the best scientists. He learned from the best detectives. He learned from the different martial arts. He's proficient, and, and you know, there's different numbers here and there, but it's in the like, you know, 120 different martial arts. He's like master at like black belt, you know, kind of level. Um, and it's funny. It's like you know, in the different Batman things. When I've watched him with the boys, we've gone through the fight scenes, and I've almost frame by frame like broken down the different styles that Batman have used or in the comics, you know, you can different see, but that's the thing. What I love about it is he's just a guy, but it shows the work that, that went into it. And if you, um, I also like some of my favorite still art, you know, there's pictures of him in the Batcave, you know, getting stitched up by Alfred and his back is just one big bruise and scar and, you know, all of this stuff. And without any powers, again, these god figures, the, the big three, they refer to them as the big three, Wonder Woman, Superman, you know, Batman. You know, one of these things is not like the other. The other two are true gods. He is a guy who breaks his bones, but what's able to let him be a leader of these gods is he's smarter than everybody. He literally is the smartest, you know, one of the smartest people out there. Um, some of his nemesis, you know, you know, Riddler's probably smarter, would like do a little better on the SATs, but his OCD of not being able to not leave riddles behind <laughs> <in> our <laughs> clues, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, are, are, are his are his Is Achilles it, heel? Exactly. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk up a little bit about the the Batman villains? Yeah. Well, that's okay. So when I talk about the Batman tree. And all the things that Batman has brought into this world, uh, you know, of comics and sci-fi and pop culture. Uh, again, the Batmobiles are always so iconic and, and, and different. The fact that he is the first one with a sidekick. I, I dare anybody to tell me a superhero with a bigger and better rogues gallery. You know, and, and I mean it. It's like, you know, again, and and so many of these 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 villains have stood the test of time as well, and they've adapted. Um, the Joker movie isn't out yet, but you look at the Joker from Cesar Romero in Batman sixty six. Go ahead, lemon wedges, orange wedges, orange wedges. Yeah, <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried podcast uh, reference. But but you, you, you now think of the just the Joker, just you know, the Joker alone is as great as a villain or a foe as a Magneto, uh, as a Lex Luthor, and again you go down the list of great villains. Every superhero has to have a great villain. Everybody has one. With the Joker just alone, you think it's like who's who's been the Joker? And again, it is. It's Caesar Romero. It's Jack Nicholson. It's Heath Ledger, you know, and now it's Joaquin Phoenix. It's like don't forget Jared Leto. It's Joaquin. You know, <laughs> I actually like Jared Leto, but and Joaquin Phoenix is like, yeah, it, it, the biggest and best actors of the time mm -hmm. choose to take that role. That that role is transcendent. That role is you can't have Batman without a Joker, and that's been, you know, one of the great, you know, under the Red Hood, the whole thing. Uh, Joker killed. Robin, like Joker beat Robin to death with a crowbar. Again, that was, you know, that was the early 90s version of it. And um, and so, but you go down his rogues gallery, it's like the same thing. The Riddler, you know, and, and I'm hoping that the Riddler makes an appearance in a couple other things. But, you know, um, Frank Gorshin, 
And, and then Jim Carrey, you know, very popular Jim Carrey. Uh, it's a huge part of the Arkham series video games, you know, the the, the Joker character. But again, you, you go down like the Mr. Freezes and, and we can, you know, I, I, I didn't rank my favorite ones, but outside the big, uh, Penguin, that's another iconic. Right. I do want to talk a little bit more about the Joker because the Joker is the when you th- you can't say Batman and not think the Joker because right. it's the yin and the Superman end. Lex Luthor right. What about the Joker is stands the test of time? Is it, he's such the archetype of uh, I guess you could call it just just chaos and anarchy personified? Like basically, like what if the smartest second smartest person in the world? Um, didn't decide to fight uh, crime, but um, instigated and, and engaged in it, and 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 just turn society on its on its head, you know, and only f- basically use his whatever resources he has to uh, to disrupt the order that Batman has been fighting for years to uphold, you know, like that's. That's sort of the the, the the tug of war between I, I, Batman and Joker. The, the great the great thing with the Joker character that I've always found appealing, he has no agenda, other than what you just said, mm-hmm. uh, other than just watching the world watching burn. burn. That, that, that's it. He he doesn't want money. All right. He doesn't want power. You know, he's not except when he robs that bank. Well, I well, mean, you know, I mean, well, guys got to eat. Guys got to eat. Like you know, <laughs> look, if you're going to take over abandoned carnivals you know, <laughs> on the boardwalk you know shame on them by the way i mean if you're going to want to abandon an amusement park at least take the time to either de-electrify it or put a lock on the gate or something you know but the appeal to me with him it is exactly that batman can plan and strategize he he if he went the military route he would have been a great general you know if he wanted to go into politics, I mean, he inherited his parents' money, but he didn't squander it. As much as he spends being Batman, he still runs Wayne Enterprises to a great extent. You know, he's still involved in that. He understands how the stock market works. He understands how you need more money to make money. Um, but with him, truly, you can't plan for the Joker. There is no planning. There is no, he did this. Then he robbed this bank. Then he robbed that bank. He's probably going to rob this bank next. He's like a one-man terrorist organization. Right. And his only agenda is truly to fuck with you. And he might fuck with you this way on this day and then do something completely different, you know, the next. Um, now, would, did, did the in the canon of Batman comics, did the Joker, was he spawn? In response to Batman, or was Batman responding to the Joker? Like, which came first, the Joker or the Batman? Joker came out ten years after. You know, it, it was one of those things where you listen to the see the different documentaries about you know comic book writers and stuff, and and man, they just had to crank this shit out. Yeah, and or, or even even Stan Lee, he would like you know come in. It's like you would go down the alphabet. It'd be Ant-Man, then it'd be Burt-Man, then it'd be Cat-Man, then it'd be Dog-Man, you know, whatever, you know, just, and so, and, and he, you know, he was a quote-unquote clown prince of comedy, and he came into a very campy age, and the campiness carried all the way through, you know, of course, until, like, you know, Jack Nicholson and, and Batman 89, but even with the campiness, again, 
He had no agenda except to fuck with things. And, and it will never be said better than in The Dark Knight where, you know, Alfred tells him some people just want to watch the world burn. It's such a great iconic line. And it describes him to a T. That is his agenda to, to disrupt the norm, you know. Yeah, to scare people to do this, you know, whatever. Um, in the scary thing about that character, it, there is completely no, and and with most sociopaths, to say a lack of empathy is is the biggest understatement. I mean, you know, in all versions of Joker, you know, even Jack Nicholson, who shoots his number one Bob for no reason other than he's angry. Bob, give me a gun, and just shoots him. You know, uh, he didn't fuck up. He didn't do that. You know, I'm just mad. This guy has a plane. Is taking away my cast balloons. I'm going to shoot the guy who's been my most loyal foot soldier this whole time. Mm-hmm. And so he, um, so that's what I've always loved about the Joker and the relationship between them. Uh, it, it's it's dark and it's like. Do you think it was most uh, effectively explored in the Lego Batman movie? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, we can't now. When we are keeping track of the best Jokers, we can't discount. Uh, you know, we talked about Nicholson and all that, but don't forget Mark Hamill, the Joker, one hundred percent like cream of the crop. He should be. He's above Nicholson. I, I well, yes. I wouldn't even put Nicholson at the top. Or as, as the well, okay, of, of but, above Ledger. But yeah, Mark Hamill. And again, you've played all the games. I mean, uh, you know, I'm going to go back just a bit. He killed Jason Todd, beat him to death with a crowbar. It's in the comics. It couldn't be more brutal. And one of my favorite movies, not my favorite Batman movies, one of my favorite movies, I made you watch it. I think it has, you you told me it's gone down like 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, but for a long time, it was 100% under the Red Hood. And the whole movie comes to the crescendo of Jason Todd, who had come back from the dead, unbeknownst to Batman, and he has the three of them in a room together. He has Joker tied up, beaten with a crowbar, and he's demanding that Batman kill him to break his one rule. And Jason Todd is pleading with Batman. He's like... I'm not asking you to kill the Penguin or Clayface or Two-Face, all of which are really bad dudes who have killed their share of people. But he's like, the number of graveyards that he has filled that are in your hands every time you catch him and he gets out, hundreds if not thousands of people die because you won't break your one fucking rule. you know. And after he killed me... I thought, you know, if it was the other way around, if he killed you, if he took you from me, you know, I wouldn't stop until he was in the ground. And Batman won't kill him. And at the same time, the Joker won't kill Batman. He's had more than ample opportunity. And again, you know, in the Dark Knight when he's like, Batman calls him out and he's in interrogation room and he's like, trying to kill me. He's like, I don't want to kill you. What would I do without you? And he's like, you complete me, you know. Um, Really codependent relationship. It is. It's a fucked up relationship. But when you think about Rogue's Gallery, just seriously, I don't care what hero you think of, can you name a Rogue's Gallery as robust, for lack of better words, as this one? No. You know, and how many of these characters have gone on to through their own thing? You know, 
uh, stick getting back to the Joker for a second. You can't think of Batman without the Joker, and it is Mark Hamill. You are one. There's no close second. There really isn't. Um, can you think of the Joker without Harley Quinn now? Right. And she's become a tour de force on her own in pop culture. Movies just based around her. Um, animated movies and, and comic series just based around her. That's how big the spinoff is. Catwoman. Is Catwoman a is Catwoman a villain? I mean, she's a master of thief, but her relationship with him, it's uh, it's complicated. Right. And that, that's another thing we should probably touch on. Again, getting back to my earlier thing about him being a, a billionaire playboy, the sex appeal and the and basically the, the sexiness of Batman and the universe that he'd have. It's like Catwoman is there to basically tempt him and question him. And, and and basically maybe question Batman's or challenge Batman's notions of what a villain is and who's right and who's wrong. Right. Um, and, you know, it, what better way to do so than through a sexy-ass woman? <laughs> and, 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 you know, she's she's arguably, yes, she's a, it depends on which version, but she, very often she's stealing for her own personal gain. But she also gain. She also is kind of a Robin Hood. You know, she helps a lot of. She helps people around her that are beneath him helping. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, she, when she's stealing, like you know, priceless jewel artifacts, she's not getting them from the orphanage. She's stealing them. You know, she's stealing them from other thieves who have steal them. And sometimes those other thieves are third world dictators. You know, yeah. and is it really bad that you stole? You know. Momar Gaddafi's prized, you know, cat jewel statue. And I've been to a lot of museums, by the way. Don't see a lot of cat-based, you know, <laughs> priceless artwork that you do in the Batman world. Well, they're all being hoarded by cat ladies around America. Yes, but, you know, that's another point, story. Yeah. But, yeah, so let, you want to go down the list quickly about the, the cat women who have been have right. portrayed? So you have Julie Newmar. Yep. Um, Lee Merriweather, briefly. The one instance is the, 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 the Batman movie where Lee Merriweather... Uh, portrayed Catwoman. Fun fact about the movie. Movie was shot before the TV show, but was released a year after the TV show ended. Interesting. Okay, you know? so technically, Lee Merriweather was the first Catwoman. Correct. Oh, okay. Um, then you have Eartha Kitt. And, uh, and then the movie that was awful. Just... About Halle Berry? Halle Berry. She's yeah. more than attractive. Yes. Awful movie. Awful, awful movie. Just And it's like, it's at that weird time where it was pre-Marvel... It was post, like, the heyday of, like, it was just after the Schumacher films. You know, Batman was kind of in the grave. or He was put on ice <laughs> for a while. But then you, they thank wanted you George to... George Clooney. Yeah, right. Uh, thank you, Joel Schumacher, really. Um, then you had, so, but they still wanted to put out a Batman-esque movie, so they put out this Catwoman, like, in the late, was it early 2000s? And it's one of those things where... I'm not sure who had the rights to the Batman thing at the time. I think it was Warner. So a standalone Catwoman movie, right? Like like, like they're doing with Joker now, right. except with uh, without a script. <laughs> <laughs> they had well, let's see. We got that Earth the Kid. She was a sexy black Catwoman. Why don't we put the who's the new sexy black? Oh yeah, Halle Berry. Yeah, or maybe I don't know. Maybe Halle Berry approached Warner Brothers. Stop. Help me out here. Who was the actress who wanted the Catwoman role? Sean Young. Oh, dude. Wasn't she cast as... Uh, wasn't she? No, she wasn't cast in it. She wanted to be cast in it. She made her own outfit and her own uh, 
Oh, uh, Michelle uh, Pfeiffer. Yeah, right. Michelle wheel Pfeiffer and stuff good. like that. Yeah, yeah it yeah. was. Oh, she showed up at some award show, right? Or like some red carpet event in the Catwoman outfit. Yeah, like Sean Young. She had. She was troubled. But uh, yeah, but then Michelle Pfeiffer was Catwoman, famously in the Batman Returns. Yep. Um, basically, an excuse to get Michelle Pfeiffer in a cat, a sexy leather uh, S and M type uh, um, bondage outfit. And I would like to say kudos. <laughs> <laughs> mission maybe, accomplished. Maybe a little thank you. Right. Saucer of milk, table for one. Tunnel, carpal tunnel syndrome. All uh, right. A little, a little, uh, gra- talk about graphic. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, and then Anne Hathaway. Which, which she... What? That, that, I mean, it's one of my favorite moments, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Yeah. And the movie where... He, she jumps in the, the 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 it's called the bat the helicopter type thing, and Batman's talking to her, and he like turns it back to point to something. He turns back, and she's gone. He's like, "So that's what it feels like." <laughs> <laughs> it's great. She was she was absolutely great at that, right? But again, it's always been um, a fun, smart, you know. And it, it, one of the things about Catwoman. Always incredibly hot, yes. Yeah. Always crazy smart, yes. It's always been a real, um, you know, not not just you know a pretty pretty lady, mm-hmm. you know, but but a foe that challenges him physically and and mentally. Yeah, you know, um, which is where the the relationships come from, and it's always just been a great great character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and then yeah, you mentioned the Riddler, and we can't forget, of course, uh, 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 the Eggman, um. <laughs> Vincent Price, excellent. <laughs> yeah, that was. I mean, look, you know, hey, they can't all be winners, you know. And then maybe we should end on uh, if we can talk. Stop talking about villains. The final, I think, we should not. We'd be remiss if we did not mention Bane. So, yeah, um, with with Bane. Um, it's one of the more iconic moments. I mean, and, and what's great is, yes, Joker's been around forever. Catwoman's been around forever. Um, you know, Riddler's been around forever. And very comic book-y characters through the 60s, through the 70s, even through the 80s. Bane was a later character. Bane didn't come about to the 90s. So not they're not always just living in, you know, he's not always fighting the Joker. You know, yeah. Superman's always fighting Lex Luthor or, 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 or you know, it's. Basically, I can't think of something he's not fighting, uh-huh. you know, Lex Luthor. But kryptonite poisoning. That, that's, you know, um, yeah, but but when Bane came in and that was like a game changer, I mean, Bane broke his back, you know. Um, Bane was like the WWF, like, you know, sort of infusion into this universe. You know, they needed some big hulking guy that isn't the Hulk, but like a big, like, you know, abnormally strong person. That could be a formidable opponent against this guy who's just been, you know, dominating over all these other, all these other criminals. And in the comics, Bane is well, just like in The Dark Knight Returns or Dark Knight Rises, Bane's really fucking smart. He's not just brute force. He's not like you said, the Hulk or the Thing or one of these other, you know. Moving wall type. I pick things up and put them down. <laughs> right, yeah. uh, but but you know he's a planner. He's a strategist, and that's again somebody with the intellect. You know, maybe not on par, but at least to give Batman a real challenge and stuff like that. And you know, a very cerebral, but at the uh, all, all time, you know, a formidable thing. And again, it's like Tom Hardy was just 
so fucking good in that. And of course, you can't do a Bane impersonation without covering your mouth and talking like this. <laughs> That's pretty. We might be doing a uh, a, uh, a, a self-indulgent theater <laughs> as Bane. I mean, his whole line in that movie where he's like, oh, you think the dark is your ally, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, you've merely, I was born in it where you merely adopted it. I did not see the, the I did not see the light of day till I was a grown man, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so, so good. But that iconic comic cover that they got shot for shot right in that of him holding him over his head and just busting him over, you know, his knee. It's like, yeah, Bane, Bane is, um, you know, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but, you know, another another transformative uh, foe is Ra's al Ghul, um, who they can't, they haven't introduced Batman into the Arrowverse, but they've really made the Green Arrow is... 75% Batman and 25% Green Arrow from the comics. But his number one foe for like five seasons, six seasons, has been Rachel Ghoul in the League of Assassins. You know, they they took one of Batman's biggest foe. And again, a foe who was introduced in like the last 25, you know, years. So they've it's still an ongoing developing um rogues gallery of just awesomeness. Yep. And then of course the the, the penguin. The penguin. What is this? You know, <laughs> they got uh, to, they got down to the peas. Is that what happened? It, it, they're all animal based. I know. know? Right? <laughs> I mean, if you do, if you look at it like you know, he has you know, who does he have? He has Killer Croc, uh, Poison Ivy, Scare, it, it, Scarecrow. It, she, she's great. Yeah, Scare, Scarecrow. I mean, you play Dark Knight or or or, or, or yeah yeah um, Arkham Knight. Arkham Knight. Scarecrow's fucking awesome yeah and, and how great is scarecrow in the first batman and he's in all three movies he right exactly. in all. Yeah, he makes cameos in the other two but he's you know and again know. it makes it, it makes it count one of my favorite lines in, in, in the dark knight returns um when in the these are guys out there copycats trying to help batman and batman's like you know um i don't need your help and and he's all tied up you know crane's tied up like waiting for the cops to get him because that's not what my diagnosis would be. <laughs> and then Batman's, like, and then the guy's like, oh, well, what's so special about you? You know, what's the difference between you and me? I'm not wearing hockey pads. You know? <laughs> but that, yeah, good lines in that movie. Yeah, I got to go rewatch those movies. Those are great. I watch them all the time. In Come your over brain. Any time. No, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> well, let's, okay. Maybe uh, if we're going to, I don't want to take this, like make this a two hour yeah, thing. Yeah. But like, we've talked about the movies. We talked about the TV shows. Well, I want to talk more about the, the movies and the TV shows. Let's, okay. Let's. Uh, I, I what, what, where were you going? I was going to say like the other Quinn. We the, the 1989 Batman was yes. the infusion, and I think the natural progression of that into pop culture would have to be Batman the animated series. Yep. Um, right after so so they had in in 89, and then it was 92 the second one. There was supposed to be a third one. Right. You know, big. We could do a whole sideshow. What happened to the third one? But there was a movie that came out, an animated movie. It was the first one called The Mask of the Phantasm. It shocked people how good it was. Like, I don't, I don't think Warner Brothers said, yeah, we're going to you know, sink uh, $750,000 into this animated movie. And it's going to completely launch a completely new, that so far has lasted like almost 30 years, it's a cottage industry. Yeah. Yeah. 
like uh, of, of a fantastic superhero movies that are animated. dark. Uh, they, right. That, that aren't that aren't for some of these movies aren't for kids. Masters Fantastic was for kids, but it was it was bloody. It was it, it had a great story and it, you know and it, it 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 zagged when he thought it was going to zing. You know, it wasn't straightforward and it did so well. That's where Warner's like, okay, we have something here, and then thus that's. Bond, Batman the Animated Series. That did so well, it spawned um, Superman. They, they tried to do a spinoff with Superman. And that was okay, too. It was okay, but the here it is 25 years later. Right. I can bore you with the highly rated tens of thousands of download podcasts each and every week or every other week, 100% just dedicated to that series. Right. Where they... All of the, the writers have gone on to do huge TV things. All the voices have gone on to do other things. They were big at the time. And some of the producers and directors are still some of the biggest producers and directors in this space that have only gotten bigger and bigger and bigger budgets. Um, Harley Quinn came from Batman the Animated Series. People forget. It's like Harley Quinn hasn't been around forever. She's only been around since, like I think it was like... 93. 93, 94. Um, and, and and that's the kind of stuff. And some of these new characters, these new royal galleries, have all blackface. You know, a black mask. Sorry, had, blackface had, is yeah, a well, thing. Justin <laughs> Trudeau. Um, so so yeah. I mean, that's that's some of the things. When I talk about how game changing Batman has always been, and again, I'm going back. The first sidekick, the Batmobile. You know, the these characters that have spun off their own independent franchises. Batman the animated series made them relook at like, hey. We don't have to just make cartoons for Saturday morning or for campiness. And they, they've done that. They, they, in the last 10 years, they've came out with Bratman the Brave and the Bold, which was 100% to sell toys at Target. And I'm dead serious. And they created new characters. Um, it was Toyetic. Uh, uh, oh, three Bad names. Light. Three names. Patrick. Neil Patrick Harris. They created a, a, a singing character, him, music meister, that... It can't be he won an Emmy for that. Um, Paul Rubin's Batmite. Oh, please don't know. <laughs> I mean, look, look, you know, we've already mentioned, you know, Trudeau has had some some ill moments of ill judgment. I'm putting because it was it was like, well, Superman has Mitzelplex. We have to have, you know, this Batmite character. You don't like Batmite? I, I, I. No, um, no. Well, yeah, I shouldn't say that because he made an appearance on. Um, uh, uh, on Teen Titans Go, uh-huh. and it was great. Yeah. It, it, it was really... I think there's a, in small doses, I think there's a time and a place for Batman. Right, right. There's a time and a place for Ace, his dog. You know what yeah. I mean? But... Anyways, getting back to animated series. So that, that, that series alone was game-changing. It ends up leading into doing Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Again, these... They've been out. They've been off the air for fifteen years, and it's still so downloaded. It still sells incredibly. The stories are great, and now they're taking elements from those stories and incorporating them in these two hundred million dollar, you know, pictures. They're not. They're accessible to tweens or you know, you know, ten nine year olds, but they're not making. But again, well, then again, they do. They'll make the brave and the bold. They make these other ones, you know. So, but the thing about animated series that was probably so captivating was that a uh, the the stories were well written, like we talked about. You talked about the, the the high production value. They brought in quality actors, quality producers, and don't. And then first and foremost, 
this is based on a comic book. It, the art style, the right. art, the Art Deco kind of thirties esque, nineteen thirties esque, like harkening back to the origins of Batman, but still kind of taking place in this sort of like this sort of Neverland of like. Um, it's like the old like 30s and 40s, but it's not. It's but modern the, day. They're not cutting corners where, as you're driving, it's the same loop in the background. When Fred Flintstone would run, and it's like <laughs> the same thing in the background. No, they really They put had 30 frames per second. In time <laughs> and effort into it. And it did. I, I wanted to go through you know, a couple of them, it, but it did. So Batman the Animated Series gives birth to... You know, the Justice League and the Justice League Unlimited. In the last five or six years, as Marvel's done what they've done, amazing, um, Warner Brothers has gone another route. They started launching a continuum with inside these high budget for these movies, these animated movies. Batman is the catalyst for all of them. There are great Justice League ones. There are great... You know, all encompassing ones. There's there's one that took place in like the forty. You know, a, a flashback thing. There's a great flash one uh, called called Flashpoint. It's it's kind of brutal. It's it's really it's really harsh. Flashpoint. You know, the anyways mm-hmm. sticking on Batman. But then there's a line with just Batman, and the stories are all continuing, even though these are Batman stories. And there's like four in the past like six seven years. Um, Bad Blood is the best one between Batman. You know, gets in a fight. You know. It's controlled. Uh, spoiler: It came out a few years ago. Um, it's re- that's where it's revealed to him that he was date raped by Taj Al Ghul. He has a son. Um, you know all of these things. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 literally dark. Um, but the other things, and then like I said, you know, it's the other things that it spun off. You know, talking about TV, we already talked about just briefly yeah, the Adventures um, of Batman and Robin. Right, but then you got like the Arrowverse, which is huge. Um, it's all based on Batman stuff. Like all, the, uh, so many of the characters come from Batman lore, and are derivative, like right, you know, from Batman. Um, but most recently, the five season long Gotham, which I really liked. And again, what I like, okay, Bruce Wayne's parents were shot. He has this great relationship with Alfred. This is how. This is how. You know, and granted, they've taken a lot of liberties, and it's a an else world, you know, type of thing. But even there, his relationship with, you know, Catwoman is great and Jim Gordon is great. But it, again, shows, you know, where a lot of his training came from. Uh, Birds of Prey, which was a f- one one season, you know, show, I want to say like 15 years ago, which didn't do well. It was okay. They're relaunching that because of the strength of the Arrowverse. Yeah, right. They're making a movie with, uh, you know, uh, with Har- uh, Harley Quinn. Yep. Uh, they have Mar- Margot Robbie. And... Um, you know, so you got the so just like I said, even now, yes, you had Smallville, which did well. You had the Adventures of Lois and Clark, which did really well. Uh, you have Supergirl, that's part of the Arrowverse and stuff like that. But you do, you 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 know, you had Gotham that just ended its run. Gotham did so well, it just spun off Pennyworth. And so now it's going to Alfred's backstory. You know, before he met the weight, and it's it's pretty brutal. It's pretty. It's it, it's great. I really like it. Um, and just before Adam West passed away, they we brought back a couple animated things, the Batman sixty six. Yep. You know, which is good. Uh, so I just let's see if I was forgetting something. Um, the DC movies. Yeah, they've had. You know, they've never regained what they had with Batman in the animated series, but they had Brave and the Bold. They had the Batman. They had Batman Beyond. They had Batman sixty six. 
But there was one other one. I think it was called The Batman. Anyways. Yeah, The Batman. Yeah. Uh, before we go to the movies and my favorite Batman, the video games, which you've touched on. The Arkham games, some people say there's only three because there was a fourth one, which was a prequel that wasn't done by Rock. Rockstar. Rock, was no, it Rockstar? Rocksteady. Rocksteady. That's what I thought. But had the same voice actors and... They they basically had the backstories to what you saw in the other games, and it came out between game two and three in that series. Arkham Origins. Those four games I thought were great. Um, I remember the first PS2 game that I saw was based on Batman Begins. I don't know. Do you have that one? I don't. I've never... No, I did. I played it for a short time. Somebody it's probably not. I don't think it's that good. It was okay. Yeah. You know, I thought it was great because I'd never seen a game like that, you know? I think... <clears throat> If I remember correctly, I mean, you weren't a huge gamer, you know? Not not until I saw Arkham Asylum. Right. When you saw Arkham Asylum, you're like, what is this? Because, A, you love Batman. B, uh, this was the PlayStation 3. Uh, the graphics uh, capabilities had caught up to the imaginations of the creators of these fr- franchises and these IPs. And you're looking at this like, this is kind of like a movie, and I get to play Batman. Um, and, I, and it cost me just... How much? <laughs> it really fucked up my life, and I and I, I, I don't. It, this this is when I first tried heroin. Like I hadn't played games since eighteen Al- years earlier. When, no, when I played, when I went through my little Cubert face, right. <laughs> which was your fault. Um, take responsibility for my shortcomings, Joe. Um, but I did. I've told this story before. I went to our friend Chris's the. Um, Senior, no, he's our resident resident, resident evil <laughs> expert, and uh, and I went to his house to you know it was a work related thing. He had a big screen TV. He was playing the game. I never had one of those controls in my hand. Like I felt like I was you know launching like you know the, the space shuttle, and I played it for about a second. Like yeah, I'm not doing this. But I watched him play, and I was. I'm like, how isn't this a movie? Like the story blew me away so much, um, and then. I had to buy a PS3 for work. They gave me a copy of it. I'm like, fine, I'll play it. And I've lost the last 11 years of my life. Didn't help that that. Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill and all the other people who did work on the Batman animated series also reprised their roles. roles. Um, Sarkin, uh, Arlene, Arlene Arlene Sarkin, Sarkin, you know, was Harley Quinn and stuff like that. And it was, it was so great. And like you said, it's like this is the first time you could play a game. And actually be Batman. You you are under the cowl. You know, you are looking at everything from his point of view. And I've told this story. I remember being, I didn't know there was this world of YouTube videos that show you walk through. I wasn't aware that that world had existed at the time. And I remember being stuck and calling Chris and saying, hey, I'm in this room. How the fuck do I get out? And I had been stuck in it for like a few hours. And his advice to me was like, okay, stop playing the game as you. And what would Batman do? Like, just literally stop. You're a Batman expert. What would Batman do? And I thought about it for a second. I'm like, okay. And I called him about, you know, he called me about like an hour later. I'm like, because you got to remember like, yeah, I got to remember like 59 minutes ago. I, you know, I, I took that advice and uh-huh. I looked at the game differently. And I, and that's when I'm like, I can fucking be Batman. <laughs> you know? Um, you haven't gotten PS4, the, the PSVR, by the way, yet. <laughs> and there's a Batman VR, which is probably not... The greatest Batman experience, I guess, but it's still a unique Batman type experience that you need to experience. So, so I mean, let's talk about the Batman thing for just a second. So, there was all those Nintendo games that, like you have, yeah. and like I like a, 
either you sent me the link. There's some girl that you follow who plays retro games, and I watched her beat a Batman game All recently, right. yeah. and that was great. Um, but the, the Injustice games are it's basic, Mortal, it's Mortal Kombat with DC characters, and and the whole story revolves basically around Batman and Superman. It's right. it's one of those their frenemy stories. Um, but the other thing, the Lego Batman franchise yeah, is epic. Yeah, that's that is again. We're forgetting that, yeah, Batman is dark and Batman's brooding, Batman's serious and Batman's this and Batman's that. But Batman can also be geared towards kids and get them in, interested into this, into this world in a maybe a kinder, gentler way than maybe seeing, you know, somebody getting date raped or whatever the hell you're talking about. Um, maybe uh, take a lighter approach. Not a camp, kind of a campy approach, but this is more of like a fun, fun approach. It, the, the the idea when Lego first did their uh, video game, um, uh, when they, when Lego first did their video games based on you know Star Wars movie adaptations. yeah mood ad- adaptations, it was done with Star Wars and it was just like oh my god this is so fun because yeah you're actually kind of playing with toys in this like video landscape and it's and and they're doing it in a fun and nice way but like with winks and nods to the hardcore fans and now they're doing it with Batman cuz Batman like you said has a wide rogues gallery um and and as the games progress cuz they've done 3 of them as the games progressed they've really dug deep into the like I think they've I think they've actually like carved out the bottom of the barrel you, oh, to get have. to the uh the amount of enemies and characters that you can play as or against. Um and then my favorite of course is actually um Batman two, Lego Batman two. What was it with the DC superheroes or something like that? Right. Right. And you get to play as Superman and uh, other characters. And, and they use the iconic music associate with the different characters. And each, every time Superman goes to take off. Yeah, they play the John Williams theme. Yeah, that's great. But then, of course, then you get to the third one, which is beyond silly. You're not only rescuing... You know uh, these non these ancillary characters. You're you're rescuing Stanley. You're rescuing Adam West. Adam West. Uh, Conan O'Brien for some reason is involved. Kevin Smith I think has uh, as a character. So it gets really really silly, and that's kind of where I checked out. And I think that's where Lego checked out at that point. But that no, but yes and no. I mean they stopped making those games, but right. that spawned the Batman movie, and those games in the Batman movie, the Lego Batman, the Lego movie. Batman movie. It's a very akin to the Batman 66 where the first time I take, you know, or, or when we were playing the game and my five, six-year-old is playing the Lego Batman game, he's playing a completely different game than I am because of the the innuendos and the other yeah. jokes and the stuff like that. And by the way, how great of casting is it to have Will Arnett as the voice of Batman? We'll get into that. <laughs> right. Well, that's the thing is that, you know, we had the Christian Bale. Ca- oh, I guess, are we ranking Batman now? I go, I'm going to rank my Batman in a bit. But, okay. uh, but yeah, Will Arnett was... It's it, you know, <laughs> When we talk about the podcast, like, you know, your reaction to the number nine, uh, my catching burps, it's like <laughs> oh, now... Things, things that we can't help do in real life. First try. First try. I say first try. I said first try the other day playing a video game. <laughs> You know, it was like this hard little task that like other people had difficulty doing online, and I did it like immediately and just out loud. I just said first try. Yeah, <laughs> I also say that when I'm playing a, a new video game, uh, and I try something 614 times. <laughs> when I finally get it, 
first try because that's when he was right. throwing the batarang so many times. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that has that has you know weaselled its way into almost I don't want to say daily reference, but somebody in my family, you know, management or one of the boys will say first try. Almost one one of the four of us say it every day. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I mean, so yeah, Batman is a beloved. He's been reborn many, many times and, and, and reimagined many, many times by many, many actors, reinterpreted many, right. many times. Now, now, Jacques, you are now tasked, the Herculean task, from, from, from worst Batman to best Batman. Oh. You have, I'm going to challenge you to uh, rate your Batman from worst to first. I think, I think it's, it's, pr- it's probably... Uh, what you might think it is, or what it should be, Val Kilner, worst Batman, worst Batman. Yeah, um, you know Joel Schumacher, maybe the worst director <laughs> for a movie, uh, but George Clooney was fine. George yeah. Clooney was fine. He fit um, the suit like Johnny Bravo. Thank you. So Val Kilner was worse, and I hate because I love George Clooney and almost everything he's done as an actor or director. Uh, I love George Clooney. I love Batman. Hated George Clooney as Batman. Right. Now, like with Teen Titans Go, I didn't like it, and I hated that my kids liked it. And then until it dawned on me, my kids like it. This is this is their gateway drug. This is me starting them off with a beer, helping them become full fledged alcoholics. This is me letting them have pot so they can get to the black tar heroin. And it has like they still like Teen Titans grow, but it, they have segued into the you know more mature you know the harder stuff. Same thing. Batman and Robin, they love. You know what I mean? They 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 love it, you know? And through the eyes of watching it with, I think he was like three and a half, maybe four at the time, my youngest one who lived in a Batman suit or a Robin suit, and how much he liked it. It's like, all right, get over it. You know what I mean? It's well, that's like, fine because you can... It's okay for a little kid to like enjoy Batman and Robin because he will have time to have grown out of that, right? When he matures. But if this was what got him in, and and, yeah. and Batman and Robin got him into it, you know. All right, so it served a purpose. So it did serve a purpose. And look, you know, so that's a movie. But it, just sticking on the Batman. Yeah. Uh, now, so now we're going up the ladder. Yeah. The the the, the bat ladder. If you and, and it's like uh, Bruce Greenwood, who was the Batman voice in Under the Red Hood. Uh, because it's one of my favorite movies, period, and it it was a great job. Like I don't think he's played Batman in other Iterations. things, yeah. but but he you know he did that, and same thing. And then and then Jason Omar, he's done a couple of these continuum movies like over like the past like five or six years. Then we get to Will Arnett. First try, he is great. Like like that voice, and it's kind of his voice. It's right uh, now. What about? Do you think the casting of Will Arnett as Batman had anything to do with Christian Bale's choice of voice for his interpretation of Batman? Probably, um, but I just and one of my favorite things was at the Academy Awards when the song. You know, oh, oh, the the which song? So, so in the Lego Movie. Oh, the everything is awesome. No, no, and the Lego Movie. Um, yeah, yeah, everything was awesome was up, but in that movie, um, uh, Batman had really you know wrote his own songs, and uh, Wildfire was like, oh, you know, when they were playing in the Bat Jet, he's like, this is real music, and it's. 
basically his life story. It's but it's 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 great. It's a great fun song. It's this metal song. Yeah, it's just him on a guitar singing into a microphone. And like you know, just screaming rock metal and like death metal and it's awesome. And at the Academy Awards he came out as Batman singing that. And I'm like, <laughs> Everything is dark. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot the words. I don't think there was much of a meter to the song. Uh, You know what? Maybe we'll go out on that one. Okay. But yeah, but definitely Will Arnett. Um, I'm surprised that the next choice here... like. you have other people up above this particular person. This now are these ranked? They are ranked. Surprise! Oh and I, and so I thought about it. Yeah. Explain yourself. What's this next one? Well, uh, above, right above where I, I probably, I probably would switch. I probably would should switch. Yeah. And I'll go Michael Keaton. Okay. I didn't love Michael Keaton, and I, and and even when the movie came out, I loved. So I'm 20. Uh, you know, on a date, it's like right after my 20th birthday. I was excited about the movie. I loved the movie. I did. I thought Keaton was okay. You know, I thought Mr. Mom was okay. There he was, got a lot of crap, like know. in the press, like you know, or in the in the Batman fandom, I yeah. guess. Pre online, he didn't. He was not met originally when he was announced as Batman. They were like, really? But my question to you is: since then, has there ever been an announcement for Batman that people have said, "Great, everybody," like you know? You know, Batfleck and Will, stuff like that. Will Arnett. Will, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but but uh, as far as live action goes, but Pattinson. What, what's the guy's name? Who's going to be the guy from oh, uh, Twilight? Robert, Robert Pattinson. Yeah, people are panning. It's like, dude, you know. A- anyway, yeah. so I'll stand check. You know, there was some things about the movie I didn't like, and, and Keaton personality, like when he was Batman, there was just and it's nitpicky little shit. I'm not even going to bring up because I've gotten over as it. But Batman I didn't or as love Bru- him. Bruce Wayne as Bruce Wayne as Bruce Wayne. I didn't love on some regards, and as Batman. But again, the bat suit he couldn't turn. It wasn't very Batman esque. Um, I, I mean. When you look at like the athleticism of Michael Keaton as Batman, and and um, who's the kid who plays Spider Man now? Um, Tom. Tom. Oh, oh I'm, quickly I my, forget. My little one's gonna kill me because he lives for the guy. Uh, what is it? What is it? But he's a gymnast. He's a professional dancer, gymnast. Tom. You can say it. Tom, Tom Holland. Holland. Tom Holland. I mean, he literally showed up for the audition and was doing like backflips and stuff like that. Like, yeah, we have stunt doubles for that. Yeah. You know, don't hurt yourself. We need you to look good and all this stuff. But it's like the athleticism and the choreography of fight scenes have changed, like, you know, a great deal. Yeah, but that's like saying, like, you know, Babe Ruth probably wouldn't hold up to the standards <laughs> of Derek Jeter. Well, yeah, because Babe Ruth never faced black pitchers, you know, and, or, or, or right. Dominican pitchers or pitchers other than, you know. Yeah, right, other uh, fat white guys. Thank you. Um, but, but yeah, so so Keith, Keith was fine, you know what I mean? Yeah, he, no, he, I, he I, I mean, we don't have bail unless we have that. Right, and he worked with Burden before, and he was great in Beetlejuice, and yeah. He was great. Uh, and then, and then you're right. Like you know, you know. What's next? Eighty year old Kevin Conroy. He looks great for eighty. Um, so Kevin Conroy from the animated series and the video. Game. Yeah, and and he's done so much. You know, other than the series, he's done a couple of the like the, like voice uh, Mask of the Phantasm, which started it all off and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm surprised that Kevin Conroy's a, like there are still a few more left to go. I love those Arkham games. The, you know, the three Rockstar games. Right. You know. That Batman and that voice, and and, 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 and so you got to think about like this: How many times have I seen any Batman movie? Realistically, Batman Begins. How many times have I seen Batman Begins or The Dark Knight? I can't count that high. Let's let's honestly say 
from beginning to end, I've seen The Dark Knight 25 times. Okay. 25 times, two and a half hours. We're talking 60, 60, 70 hours. 60, 70 hours. This is sad to say out loud. How many hours have I been Batman in those four games? All right. Oh, God. Yeah. Hundreds. Right. So, so, I mean, I, and who was I when I was playing those games? Yeah. So I'm more connected to that. When you say hundreds of hours, that's that's right. sadly but not an exaggeration. This is what's killing me is that Conroy is low on this list, in my opinion. Now, you have more to go. Now, so who's above Conroy on this ranked list? Because you still have, you know, one, two, three, four more to go. Right, right. But but I mean, when I you know the fact the the fact that you know Roger Craig, um, uh, Roger Craig Smith, the voice from the Arkham games, is my fourth favorite. Again, I'm more connected to him. Oh, okay. oh so Roger Craig Smith. Oh, see, th- this is where I'm confused. You I didn't have reali- to go from worst I, to first. I didn't realize that. Here, pardon me. I I'm going to plead ignorance here. Okay. I thought Kevin Conroy. I forgot that Kevin Conroy did not voice the Arkham games. Oh, okay. There you I go. Forgot right. That I thought he was in the Arkham. So games. he's number five. Roger Craig Smith is the actor. He's who does number the four Arkham games. Thank you. Thank you, nice poison. Now get back with the bat and the man. I I really loved, I I really loved Ben Affleck's character. I really loved, uh, and it sadly sat well. There's two and a half movies with him. Like maybe like two and a fifth because he's just in ten minutes of of Suicide Squad. But the ten minutes he's in are the best. You know, I mean the scenes that well, yeah, the scenes that he's in are are, are are my favorite scenes from the movie. Um, but without a doubt, I'm I will never get over the fact that we didn't get a second standalone. Ben Affleck movie or another Justice League movie with Ben Affleck. I, I'm pissed about that. Of all the relationships and movies between Batman and Alfred, that was my favorite. Like, like, and I've talked about this before. There's a tiny scene where Alfred comes into the house and Batman turns to Bruce Wayne turns to him and hands him a cup of because he had two cups of coffee. And he had made coffee and he hands it to Alfred. You don't talk about it. It's so underplayed, but that signifies 100%. Like, yeah, Alfred is there to help him. Alfred is still his butler, his caretaker, his doctor, his medic, his, you know, his confidant. But at the same time, they're peers. You know what I mean? It's like it wasn't, you know, employee boss. It wasn't this, that they were absolutely on the same level. Mm-hmm. And and with that tiny little uh, moment gesture, you know. I mean, that signified where their relationship was, and I really liked it. I loved those movies a lot. You know, I, you know, I, I, I really did. Um, you know, and I, I know you, you don't love Batman vs Superman. I think I love it for different reasons. The adaptation of the comics that I love from that darker time. Yeah. But Ben Affleck, um, and, and then Adam West, who it's goofy, it's campy, and part of me is like. Conroy should be ahead of Adam West. You know, Smith should be ahead of Adam West. But truly, I mean, Adam West was it up for me, really up until, and and, and I'll be honest, when Batman the Animated Series came out, I didn't see it. I didn't have TV. Like, I was in college at the time. I had the comic books. You know, whatever money I had that didn't go to, like, you know, band shit (laughs) or beer which you put in the band shit category, was spent on comics. I, that's all I spent money on was like beer, comics, band stuff. Didn't have TV. Um, so I didn't see the animated series 
until several years, you know, after that. Mm. Um, so Adam West was my de facto Batman, truly, you know, up until Christian Bale, really. Okay. Um, so and that leaves us, that leads us to our number one. Number one is Christian Bale. Yeah. Uh, I mean, those those three movies completely changed everything. It, it changed. I really don't believe you, and and I'm not taking anything away from the MCU, but I don't think you have the MCU, especially without the first Batman. And again, that came out the same time Superman did. And I don't want to say expectations were low, but people were blown the fuck away. And uh, you know. You know, Christian Bale was a more physical, physically imposing actor, um, and a much better, probably the best actor to date. To, I mean, you know, I didn't realize till recently, you know, how many movies he's directed, how many movies I've liked that he's directed, mm-hmm. and how smart he is, um, and how long he's been acting. Like he was a child actor. Child actor, yeah, yeah. Like I think he was in Newsies. Yeah, you know, and you look at like that first that first movie. Um, you know, he did a couple movies leading up to that, a great movie that, you know, under the radar, it, it came out in between the first and second, or maybe the second and third matrix called, um, I think equilibrium. Okay. He's a badass. He's a futuristic cop and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He's physically imposing, you know, um, I think he was a great Bruce Wayne. Again, I loved the story. Like parents get shot. And this is how he got from point A to point B. You know what I mean? He didn't go to karate school, and he didn't do this. And he was a flawed character. He was a flawed character from day one. You know, he went to shoot the guy who shot his parents. Like, you know, um, and I did. But but the other three movies, you know, the growth of him, his relationship, you know, with, um, why am I blanking on the name? Michael Keaton. Michael, Michael, Michael um, Caine. Michael, Michael Caine. Caine. You know, I think Michael Caine was, you know, just really a great thing. Some people just want to watch the world. Those movies had, were dark. They're, they're DC movies that tend to be more dark, but they have these great moments of levity in it. Some and stuff people like just that. like doing the Michael Caine voice. <laughs> you, if you don't be careful, guess who's doing a, a you know, <laughs> a self-indulgent theater. You're going to do a self-indulgent theater, maybe a point-counterpoint remake of an SNL January would slut you between Bane and Michael Caine next week. <laughs> get, so, so get ready for that. Michael Caine versus Bane. We got Caine versus Bane. You gonna do a Bane now? Kane versus Bane. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that was great. whatever. But, so anyway, so so he is my favorite. So and, so and then I have to say one thing about the voice choice. Okay. Upon first hearing this, what I thought to be a silly voice for Batman, the gravelly kind of like I can't believe I'm talking like this as a character in the movie the whole time. At first, I'm like, what the fuck is Christian Bale doing as Batman? And then as the years went on and the movies went on, I kind of came to the realization that, okay, at least the Christian Bale version of Batman, at least that Christian Bale version of Bruce Wayne is trying to disguise his voice. Right. Because every other Batman was like, hi, I'm Bruce Wayne. Hi, I'm, I'm Batman. Batman. Yep. <laughs> Hello, you birds. This is John Lennon talking to uh, you. <laughs> and, and as Batman, it's like again in the first in the first one, he is he plays the drunk philanthropist. You know, you know, yeah. walks into the restaurant. You know, with you know two ladies. Mm-hmm. Uh, is drunk. You know, makes a fool of himself. Is a bad boy. I mean, it's the the 
the billionaire playboy, you know, facade was just fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I liked every, I loved everything about those movies. Right. So I guess if, if I, I can now justify him using in my mind, him justifying that, that voice and accepting the voice, um, which led to the Will Arnett casting, in my opinion, without Christian Bale, there's no Will Arnett as Batman. You know, and and what I liked in in uh, Batman Batman vs Superman, they showed Alfred working on the voice box thing that he wasn't doing the voice that he had a modulator to make his voice sound like that, so he wasn't consciously doing that. But yeah, he was describe you know disguising his voice for a reason. And one more thing, I don't want to I want to make sure we cover all the bases as far as Batman goes. Uh, you have your uh, uh, Paul, you have your uh, Batman. You have your, uh, uh, you have your Joker. You have your um, uh, Alfred, but you also have your Lucius Fox. Yeah, you got to talk about Lucius Fox. I mean, he's, you know, well, maybe you don't have to. No, you do because, again, you you know, um, is he more of a a a newer invention? Newer by thirty years. Okay, you know, uh, which. You know, uh, you know Morgan Freeman was just, uh, and that's my my favorite Morgan Freeman line ever will be, and my favorite thing ever. Please do the scene. You know, so self indulgent theater. A uh, a CPA who's working on a Wayne Enterprises project figures out that there's been money siphoned off, you know, for R and D, and he pulls the old files and he realizes that oh. Bruce Wayne is Batman, and that Lucius Fox is behind it, and all these Wayne gadgets and stuff. This is money, you know, that they've been really meticulous about moving around. This CPA figured it out, and he goes to Lucius Fox, and he shows him the blueprints of the tumbler, you know, the Batmobile from the from the first movie, and says, you know, you know, what else are you building for him? A rocket ship? I want ten million dollars every year. For the rest of my life. And Morgan Freeman doesn't get flustered, doesn't raise an eyebrow, complete poker face. Says, let me get this straight. You think your boss, one of the richest, most powerful men in the world, spends his nights beating criminals to a bloody pulp with his bare hands. And this is the man you want to try to extort? Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> well done. I mean, well just, done. just and then the guy just realizes it's like, okay, Bruce Wayne can have me and my entire family disappeared because he owns billions of dollars and is a rich industrialist, and he does, you know, you know, takes on armies of thugs with his bare <laughs> hands and beats him to a bloody pulp, and it's like just like, yeah, it's like I'll right. just take this and go away now. Yeah, I'm definitely watching the Dark. Again. But he does, like, you know, in the comics, and again, in the video games, Lucius is a big figure in the in the movies and in the um the continuum of movies in the DC Empire. He's a big, you know, part of it. He's also a big part of, you know, they've made him a big part of uh the Gotham series, mm-hmm. you know. So so yeah, so he I mean, and, and again, when I talk about like the spin-off, you know, Oracle, like Batgirl has become Oracle, and and, and spin-off from that. The Teen Titans or the Titans are, an elite, you know, they have their own. They've had two very wildly successful TV series, two wildly, wildly, wildly 
successful TV series. Now the Titans, led by Dick Grayson, are wildly successful on the DC in the DCU universe with a live action. It's the first one. Um, again, that that has spun off from the Batman thing. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, Nightwing and, and Dick Grayson are still part of the you know the continuum in some families, but just a standalone thing. What the Titans have done, and and if you think about that, you know whether it's you know. You know, whether it's somebody from the has he, anybody from the X-Men gone off, you know, maybe maybe Wolverine and done something. But you look at what Barbara Gordon has done and the Birds of Prey, which is led by, you know, Barbara Gordon, the Suicide Squad, which is a thing of its own, the Titan, which are a thing of their own, you know, the different Robins and stuff like that. Catwoman, a standalone movie. Harley Quinn just had a standalone movie. You know, the Joker has a standalone movie. All these characters that have come from this tree that are you know, industries unto themselves and stuff like that for them. So I think that now brings us to uh, my favorite movies. I'm going to go in order. I'm going to go first to, or should I go last to I first? Think, I think worst to first is a good way to go. See, I can't go worst to first because I didn't put some movies on here. You know what I mean? These are just the ones that made the well, list. Well, I mean, okay, these are your top uh, 10? How many? Well, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, twelve. eight, nine, twelve. Okay, so your top Baker's 12, yeah. top 12 Batman game, uh, uh, movies, number 12. Uh, well, actually, thirteen because I have a, a Baker's dozen. Batman eighty nine and Batman, you know, ninety two. The, the two Michael Batman Keaton ones returns. and Batman Returns. So the two of them back to back. Okay. Um, hmm. you know, and, and yes, the Lego Batman movie makes the list. Of course, it was so great. Um, I might, I might, I might switch it with Suicide Squad, and I don't even know if you count that a Batman movie. Again, you don't have the Suicide Squad without Batman. You don't have Amanda Waller, who's. I, you know, when you think of the rogues gallery and villains, do you see Suicide Squad? Do I you know? Do you know, know her backstory? No. She's a villain. Okay, she's you know works for a government organization, but she is just as fucking evil as any of the like. She will literally spoiler alert. So, nah. so she you know, and in the Suicide Squad, she has a whole team on ops. They're watching this whole operation. It goes south. She's surrounded. They send the Suicide Squad to get her out. And they make sure all the techs, there's like four or five techs sitting there. Make sure these drives are white. Make sure this is that. Get rid of They did it. It's like, is everything done? You're sure. All the backups are gone. You're sure. 100%. Yeah. And, and she's with Deadshot who came in to get her out. And she's like, great. She pulls out a gun and kills her four people. She's like, they didn't have the clearance to see what they've just seen. And, and, and Deadshot looks at her and goes, and I'm the bad guy. <laughs> you know? and, and it's like, she's, you know, and Justice League Unlimited, she is fucking evil. However, she took some of Batman's DNA and cloned him. And, and unbeknownst to him, like Batman Beyond, uh, like the guy who takes over the Batman mantle, raised by other people, that Amanda Waller planned to have her his his parents killed in front of him, hoping it would spark the same thing, and then was questioned about it. He you know he he finds out that you know the kid Terry from Batman Beyond, and she's like, why? Why? And she explains, he was a nemesis. We were enemies, but I realized the world will always need a Batman. Like she was like his. You know, I was hoping, yeah, you get his physical attributes, you would get this. But his brain, like the world needs somebody who thinks like him. And that's why. So, yeah, so Suicide Squad, um, you know, so Lego Bat. Yeah, so. so Let's not dwell on these too long, though. Yeah, yeah, okay. 
Um, and then and then I put them all as one because it's a continuum. You know, Doom, War, uh, Batman, Bad Blood. And that's part of those things because it's meant to be. It's one story broken up into different things. You know, Infinity War and Endgame is one long movie. To yes. Me. Uh, Batman sixty six. Right. It's not some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. Dude, that movie predates me by four years, three years, and it's still it's dated, it's campy, it's all that. It's still hilarious. Oh, it yeah. still holds up. You know, hand me the shark repellent. It, it the bat shark repellent. What's the opposite of insisting upon itself? <laughs> it insists that you understand it knows how campy and awful it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, okay. So then the Justice League that came out like two years ago, absolutely love it. Hopefully, I go to Saudi Arabia with Justin Malone. I mean, that's that's the whole plan. Uh, Under the Red Hood, it's an animated movie. It, you know, it's it, it's in my top five of, on this. It's in my top twenty five of movies overall. It's brutal. It's harsh. If if a cartoon movie has almost a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes after being out for fifteen years, it tells you it's really fucking good. Um, You've not seen it in its entirety, uh, but Batman vs. Superman, uh, which is great because there's a line in Batman vs. Superman where Batman, when they first face off against each other, let me ask you something. Do you bleed? Superman flies off. You will, you know? (laughs) And then later, when he's resurrected in the Justice League and he's fighting Batman, they brought him back to life, and he's like, Superman, (laughs) that's Batman, he's like, 20 feet off the ground. Do you bleed? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so so it is great. Uh, Dark Knight Rises. You know, I'm looking forward to next week's podcast to hear Tom Hardy's Bane and Michael Caine's Alfred duel it out. I don't know what yet, uh, but it will be awesome and epic. It's a great movie. Uh, Batman Begins. Truly, you don't have the other ones. You literally don't have the other ones. You don't have the other ones unless it did so phenomenally well. Um, and then that's when they put more money into the next one. And my favorite, my favorite movie is, is The Dark Knight. It's the first time that I can remember not a technical award, not a music award, that an actor in a live-action superhero movie won an Academy Award. Posthumously. Yeah. I mean, it, unfortunately, he passed away, but I think that had a little bit of an effect on the award for it and the gravity of his performance and the uh, the appreciation of his performance, you know? So fucking good. But, man, did he reinvent it. Like, it, it, you... Dude, he it, was 27. Did he see 27 in that? No. Yeah, I, it's only 27 in that movie. I mean, you looked at Heath Ledger's performance of the Joker... And you look back at Nicholson. You look at, because of Heath Ledger, he made Nicholson look like Cesar Romero. Yes. Thank you. And Nicholson, you know, wasn't coming at it from a comic. No. And Nicholson was like the the gold standard because there were only two. Right. (laughs) Right. It was him and Cesar Romero. Um, Do you know what I mean? Like, as far as live action goes. So everybody loved, everybody loves the villain in a movie, especially a very good villain. Um, but yeah, Heath Ledger, he, he, he took it to like, not, not super, I mean, not super ugly dark, but like just, just this side of evil, you know, like like somebody who actually could be, uh, realistic in the, in the, in the world. Like he wasn't cartoony. What, what makes a good villain? It is 
very often, and it doesn't 100% apply to him, but but I'm going to bring it around. What makes a great villain is a villain who doesn't see himself as a villain. No. But no, here- sees himself as... Mac- is Magneto a bad guy? Yep. Is Magneto a villain? I mean... I, I, is he? I, 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 it depends on who you're asking. Well, well, that's mutants are being prosecuted like the Jews were. He was, he yeah. was persecuted. He was a Jew in a concentration camp. Here it is 40 years later. He's seen the exact same thing. Yeah. So is he... Is because he's making sure it doesn't happen to his people again. In this case, his people are now mutants, not not just the Jews. It's not going to happen again. Fuck you. And you go through the list of the villains. Lex Luthor truly sees himself, and the, and this has, you know, ch- changed a little bit. They've kind of made this his character over like the last thirty years. You've become too dependent on Superman to solve your fucking problems. You know, he's enabling your laziness. He's enabling, you know. Why are we putting our trust in him being our defender? He could turn on us tomorrow. Get your shit together and be prepared to fight whoever the bad guy is and fight him because he could switch teams tomorrow. He's holding back the development of the human race is how Lex Luthor sees. He literally sees himself as the good guy, you know. Who's liberating the human race from the tyranny of Superman. Right. You know, sure, he's... A good guy now. He could change tomorrow. And with the Joker, it's like I love when he's talking to the gangster. He's like, this town deserves a better class of criminal. Right? Like, <laughs> you don't deserve to get the shit kicked out of you by Batman. You're not good enough to have this. And that's and literally he, he understands. It's like, yeah, you know, we have to up the game. You know what I mean? Like, Batman is great and he deserves a nemesis, and you cl- and you assholes aren't giving it to him, mm-hmm. you know, type thing. And he Doesn't burns all that money. Good guy, right? He's like, you know, fuck you. He literally, I don't want my, I, you know, I need a little money to buy a few bombs, a few, you know, like a sewing, dynamite, a sewing machine, so, some right, thread, right. some no, fabric. Well, yeah, you know, cheap suit. It isn't cheap. You should know. You bought it. <laughs> it's, it's one of the great lines when he's like, "You want to see a magic trick?" <laughs> you know, ta-da. It's gone. You know? uh, um, so yeah, so the dark, the dark, and honestly, when you think of the villains, the Joker is my all-time favorite villain. I give anything for Batman to finally fucking kill him. But but you're right, Mark Hamill. And he kind of did. Uh he kind what of. You, I mean, come on, man. No, it's a it. Wait a second. And and it's all it's the same thing. Batman didn't let go of you know Michael Keaton didn't make. The Joker fall. Right. Same thing. Like I know. He, you know, Christian Bale tried to save Heath Ledger. Batman tried to save him. He chose because he knew they're gonna blame you. You yeah. killed me. Everybody is gonna see me. You holding on to me and you letting go. They're going to see that you dropped me off this. And building. that's one thing we didn't touch on in this entire podcast. That we know that Batman is a unique character. He's a detective. He's this and that. Billy, you know, he's also. A vigilante. Yeah. Like, he does not work with the police no. unless he does. Right. See, that's the thing. Is that he starts off as a vigilante. Like, right? He's This is vigilante justice. Like, yep. he's, you know, he he's he's out for justice, um, and he uh, plays by his own rules, but he's, you know, his heart's in, his right, in the right place. But he's not, he's, Batman isn't entirely a good guy. No. No, I mean, and and, uh, and Batman, and no, again, you know, it's in the dark night. Yeah. W- you know, when he's shaking down the mob boss, 
and, and he's holding him, you know, over, you know, off the second story balcony. And the guy's like, one professional to the other. A fall from this high isn't going to kill me. He's trying to tell him how he's not intimidated. And, and Batman's like, I'm counting on it. And he drops him, and you hear the crack of his legs. You hear his his legs <laughs> shatter. It just shatters. You know, it's like, I'm counting on it. You know, it's like, it's like, yeah, that's not the, you know, no, no. You know, it's like, yeah, you can intimidate somebody in the interrogation room, but he is truly going to get the answers he wants. And I think maybe, we, maybe, maybe that is the real appeal of Batman, is that he's not Jesus Christ. He's right. not uh, a Boy Scout. He's, he is very flawed. He's very complicated. He wants to be... The good guy. He wants to do everything by the, by his book, but for but for the betterment of society, um, and also um, a bit of revenge. <laughs> right. Like that's the thing is that I don't know if you can be completely holistically righteous as a hero or be defined as a hero if your motivation is uh, tinged by revenge. Would you would you say that? Would you agree? I I, I would one hundred percent agree. Um, and again, that's where the great relationship between Batman and Superman comes from. And and there are times in the comics and even in the movies where Superman realizes, yeah, I don't agree with this techniques, but you know, it's like you can't argue with results. You can't argue. No, it's like you, you know when you deal with certain people, it's like. Yeah, you 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 know, at the end of the Dark Knight, where Two Face, Harvey Dent, who was the Shining Knight, who Batman's going to retire because you know the city has somebody who can lead him without a mask on and and, and bring Harvey. the bright. What's that? You didn't even mention Harvey Dent in our Rogues Gallery. Yes, you know, yeah. or or Hush, you know, is just no, just no. great one. But yeah, with with, with him, um, and again, we can, what a great what a great performance that that was, but. He is blaming the world for what happened to Rachel, and he's going to shoot James Gordon's kid in front of him just so James Gordon knows what it's like to lose the person you watch, the person you love most, you know, die, and, you know, Batman stops him and stuff like that. And Harvey Dent dies in their confrontation, but Batman did not kill him. You know, it's the same thing. How convenient. You know, he tried, know. you know, it, it, it's true, but, okay. I, but, I mean, but that was his whole thing, and, and. James Gordon's son sees this, but he realizes if people know what Harvey became, everything that they accomplished would go away, and people would stop believing that there's hope, and people would stop believing that the good guys have a chance of winning in a shithole like Gotham. And so Batman's going to be the villain. He's going to take the rap that James Gordon is going to hold him responsible, even though he was right there. He knows he's not, not only is he not responsible for his death, he just saved his son. You know, and when his son's like, you know, when he go, Batman goes running off, he goes, but he didn't do anything. And the great line of like, you know, he's the hero that Gotham deserves, but not the one it needs right now. So we will hunt him. Because he can take it. Because he's not our hero. He's a silent guardian. He's a watchful protector. A dark knight. You know, he's... James Gordon saying he's not a hero. You know, flat out. Well, he was the opposite of the white knight of Harvey Dent. Right. You know, so so it is. It's like that. that is... And again, now... I'm pretty much going to go right home from this. You know, and watch it. The yeah. The, let's watch it together. The opening shot. And it's that long, slow pan in. 
and and I, I heard the director, and it reminded me of when John Williams played the theme for Jaws. Christopher Nolan. No, 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 for in Jaws. Oh, 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 oh okay. And it, it's just the oboe, yeah. you know, the dun 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 dun. 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 Yeah. And and John Williams, or, or who directed? Why am I blanking on Steven, um, Steven Spielberg? He's friends with John Williams. Yep. He thought he was fucking with him. He literally thought. You're kidding, right? Like, 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 like not I like pay, I paid you to, you know, score my awesome movie, and this is what you you have one instrument. And he literally thought, like, they were joking around. He's like, "All right, all right, play me the real thing." He's like, "No, that's it." So it's the same thing. There's this long pan into one window in a building, and it's just stained note, you know, just that goes across, and then the window gets blown out. These guys in clown mask, you know, they they grapple from, you know, um, zip line from yep. one building to the next. And then it's great as they start killing each other off. You know what I mean? And it's so, so great where the last guy figures it out and he has the gun on one of the other gang guys with the clown mask on. He goes, oh, the boss you know, probably told you to kill me. It's like, no, I killed the bus driver. The bus driver? What bus driver? The bus backs in and kills the guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> but the guy on the ground when he's like, you know, uh, you know, yelling at him, it's like, this guy used to have a better class of criminal. You know, the guy who hired you will do the same thing to you, you know? And, and that's when he takes off the clown mask and he has the mask, the, 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 the makeup on him. Yeah. Whatever doesn't kill you makes you stranger. <laughs> you know? And it's like from that opening moment, like, it's like, oh, he's fucked sets he the tone literally just planned this perfect bank robbery of a mob bank and has his own men kill each other off one by one you know and then just the most brilliant thing the school bus that just pulls out of the bank and it's time so it just gets in line with the other 50 buses bringing Gotham kids home that day it's like the perfect you know yeah. you know getaway and and that just set like you know the whole tone but like i said i mean it's it's not my favorite Batman movie. It's my favorite movie. Wow. Um, there you go. All right. Well, that was exhausting, but entertaining. More than 80 years. It was, did it take me 80 years to explain 80 years of oh, Batman? Oh, that was last year. This is the 81st anniversary of Batman now. So, well, thank you, Jacques, for uh, man batsplaining. That, that you, you, well, you, not since batsplaining have we had such a schooling on Carnival personnel uh, in the world of Batman. I, th- I, I we are all now a little bit smarter <laughs> since hearing We're all dumber for having heard that. <laughs> and may God have mercy on your soul. Yep. So, well, thank you for listening to this hour and a half long. Um, really? Yeah, it's about an hour and a half long. Uh, of course, it's it's freaking Batman. It's 80th anniversary. I'm not making this a two parter because <laughs> I don't want to. Um, but thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it as much as Jacques enjoyed talking about Batman. No, you, there's no way. Impossible. Um, and um, that's it. Uh, we'll, we'll catch you next time. Same bad time. Same bad channel. And don't forget. <laughs>